this morning. I hope uh, this encourages you. I hope your week's going well so far. <laughs> um, mine is going well. I'm still trying to play catch up since I got home. Uh, but we had the Sunday, good Sunday service uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, the Lord really showed up. Um, we also met with me and Mark and Stephen met together last night going over some things uh, with the church and our lives and his wife, wonderful wife Lisa ended up making us some um, dinner and we all ate dinner together and talked some things over. It was really good. We even talked about, you know, the we did this Myrtle Beach School of Life, which was really good. Uh, but we uh, also went over some of the things that, you know, we could learn or even I could learn uh, about, you know, the things that we could sure up and make things a little bit better. And so you have to talk a little bit about uh, miscommunications or failures or things that didn't go right, things that uh, really weren't put into place. And, you know, when you, when you talk about things like that, uh, these days, you, you know, if you're not careful, you'll think that you did something wrong or you, you failed, but, uh, failures, you know, really are, are simply evidence of really showing you need to change in certain areas, things you need to sure up. I, even, I think I even wrote, I wrote down here, failures are simply evidence of need for change and a chance to truly learn. But, and uh, that's so true, but most of us live in a world to where we, we tend to keep ourselves from, trying to keep ourselves from failing. And then uh, when we do fail, we really think that we've hit rock bottom and we'll want, we want to quit. But really failures are stepping stones you know, to your destiny and or to your purpose, to what you're building, to what, to what you're trying to attain to. If you, you can't learn without failure. One thing I, I have learned is that I'm going to fail. Uh, it's no doubt about it. We have got to learn by our failures. You can see throughout the Bible um, that we're, we read a lot about the things of these men, but we read a lot about you know, their failures, their shortcomings, things that have happened upon the earth, uh, kings that made mistakes, David that made mistakes, Moses that made mistakes, and uh, but they got back up. And that goes with some of the, the pondering that I had this morning. Uh, there's no telling how many mistakes, you know, I've made in my life, but um, I've made some that were easy to get up and you know, and go after it. Uh, but there were some that were so detrimental to, I thought to me or to my life that I thought I would never get up because one of the things that we battle when we make a, a mistake, uh, is that we don't just battle the condemnation of our own mind or when we we fall into sin, that sin begins to condemn us. It's not God that condemns us. It's the sin that we fall in. And so your mind starts to condemn you. It starts to tell you uh, how bad you are. It starts to uh, bring death in your life and your mentality. But 
The Lord came to save that world, and that's why we have the cross. That's why we have the blood of Jesus, so that we can run to the cross for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, but at the same time, we've got to learn uh, from those things that we fall into. We've got to learn to those, maybe those habitual habits that we get in, into, the, the failures that we keep doing over and over. It could be be used as God's voice trying to tell us, hey, this is a area that you need to discipline in. But most of the time, you know, some of us, you know, will have a failure, but we will not learn from it. We'll just repent from it and not do anything about it and say it's under the blood and, you know, and God's got me and God's going to bless me. Well, that, that is true, but we've got to also uh, take what we have failed in and be able to learn to propel us moving forward because if you don't learn from your failures you'll find yourself failing in that same area again and uh there's no telling me times i've done that i remember when uh, uh years ago um i was in such a bad place in my life uh this was back when i was playing golf and so forth i had two lives one in the, with the family and one on the golf course you know and one on the tour and uh, you can't do that. You can't live two lives, you know, and, and try to juggle that. Eventually, it will either drive you insane to where you feel like committing suicide, uh, or you will just leave one or the other. And most of the time, if you're trying to juggle sin and you're trying to juggle trying to play like you're, you're having a you're, you're a great dad and or you're a great leader or whatever, and you're trying to do the sin thing at the same time, eventually the sin thing ends up taking over if you don't do something about it. You've got to learn from those things, you know, that you're actually sinning in or that you're failing in and, and be able to use that to be able to propel you to actually overcome it through the leading of Jesus. But at this time in my life, you know, I was, I was juggling two worlds and, uh, and it all came crashing down on me. Because a house divided within itself cannot stand. And I was divided. There was a part of me that wanted to look good or, or be a good dad, be a good this and be a good that. And man, I, I was on that side, but I was also on this side, someone that was keeping secrets and all this other stuff uh, on, on the other side uh, while I was playing golf. One one reason is because I, I had such, such shame that would... Uh, accumulate my life that I didn't think anybody would care. I didn't think anybody would, uh, I, I feel like, felt like everybody would throw me away if anybody found out or it, all kinds of stuff try to hit you to try to keep you in that. Uh, the main thing is shame. And, uh, and the other thing is that you may like what you're doing while you're juggling the other life and, but eventually that fails. So you got to understand that I was that and, and that time of my life, I was sowing and reaping, and I, I, the more the more I would juggle the two worlds, uh, the more I would reap from that. I would call it demonic activity that I created in my life, and uh, the more you sow, the more man sows in his life, the more he reaps, and it depends on what you sow. And I'll never forget when God got a hold of my life, and I was uh, I was walking on the uh, up to get ready to. Uh, go tee off uh, on one of the holes, on the first hole, early in the morning. And uh, one of the players came up to me and asked me, he said, are you okay? 
because he knew something was wrong because at this point in my life, I was reaping everything that I had sown for a few years. But the bad part about it is because I didn't take care of it and I didn't learn from it and turn from my wicked ways, I, I continued to do it. Uh, what I sowed in public, I had to reap in public. And, uh, and that's so true. You know, God's throne, uh, the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. And so when you start tipping that scale, I tipped over up justice, my, my, the things that I reap so much, justice had to actually take over and judge my life. And those things that I reaped, I started sowing in public. And I, I would encourage you to take care of your stuff before it actually happens to get out in the open. Trust me, if you don't, uh, it's not fun to reap your stuff out in the open. And I'll never forget this guy came up to me and said, you okay? Because my life was in shambles, supposedly, because uh, God had visited me, but now my life, uh, everything was falling apart. And uh, I, I was about to tell him, you know, God is dealing in my life. I've given my heart back to the Lord. But the Lord whispered something and he said, nah, boy. He said, don't blame this one on me. He said, you sowed it and you've got to reap it. If you sowed it in public, you've got to reap it in public. And he said, just hold on to me as you have to reap it. Oh, my Lord, you talk about that, that, that blew the whole, uh, supposedly that false grace thing out the window because, because that was his grace for my life to allow me to be able to reap everything that I've sown, which would purge me from all of that unrighteousness, all of that, uh, that filthy rags, all of those, that darkness in my life. If I could just hold on to him as I reap the stuff that I have sown and learn from it, it would purge me into a place of holiness again and having a good conscience toward God, toward man, and toward myself. But most people want to run from that. Most people want to get lay hands on and let's get it quickly done and let's move on with your life. But there are times, and there are times just like the Lord did with me, that you've got to walk with people and uh, allow them to reap what they've sown. But be there for them, just as God is there for us. But there's a lot of people out there that, I mean, we're seeing suicides of pastors and pastors that have great families. We're seeing leaders. We're seeing big businessmen that, you know, I was just talking to some friends over in Louisiana, and they had, they've had several suicides of very wealthy men that have blown their brains out. It's because they're juggling living in the world and trying to be a good father. You know, you're trying to do all these things without Jesus. And when you do that, oh man, it's rough. Because if you're trying to be in the world and, and follow Jesus at the same time, you don't realize you're in sin. You're, you're demonically inclined. You allow things to come into your life. And, uh, before you know it, you're having what you would call warfare. And there's no telling me times I've had people call me and say, I've got a lot of warfare going on, you know? And I said, well, uh, first of all, are you, are you doing okay? Are you living a, trying to live a good life? Not the holy life, are you trying? Are you trying to walk with the Lord? Are you trying to be led by the Spirit? Or are there things that, are, that, you would, that are, you're uncovering, you know, that you're not really being truthful with? And, a lot of times I get, well, God's grace is good for me, you know, and I say, well, 
God's grace evidently for your life right now is what's going on in your life to get you to cough up all the things that you're hiding from what you think you're hiding from God and from either your spouse or uh, from your friends or, you know, or from yourself. And that's so true. I mean, you can see uh, a lot of men in the Bible that have failed and, and failed miserably, but they got back up. That's the thing about uh, failing. It says a righteous man will fall seven times, but he gets back up. That means those that are righteous, you're going to fail and you're going to fall, but you got to get back up. If you get back up, you're a righteous one. But if you stay to stay down and learn and, and live in that sin, if you fall and you live in that sin or you choose to not deal with it or blot it out and pretend that it's not there, or, you know, some of us may even try to, you know, do it the easy way and uh, not walk through it and have somebody just pray for us. Well, prayer is very good, but prayer is the uh, kind of like a jump start to get you walking in a place of holiness and in a place of the spirit and overcoming the things that you've, you've uh, sowed. Because gonna, we're going to sow what we reap. That's part of God's grace in our life. It helps us to stay clean. And there's no telling me times, you know, I've sown things in my life that were not godly. And man, the next day I have all this warfare. I call warfare. And, and there's times where I'll wake up and I'll go, you know, Lord, I told you I was sorry. Why am I having all this warfare? And he said, well, you're having this warfare is because you sowed this and now you've got to reap it. But this reaping, hang on, just this reaping that you're going through can actually help you learn. Woo. And I was like, okay, so you, you endure those things and walk it out with God. And I love that about Jesus. He loves uh, to be there when we're walking things out in our failures. You look at Moses, he killed a man, literally killed a man. And, uh, and God's end up using him to save men. And, but you can see in his life that he had to reap a lot of those things through the things he went through. I can't imagine having to go through the, some of the stuff that, that Moses went through. But in these days, you know, if we, if we saw that happen to, today, the way, you know, uh, internet and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter, all that stuff, you can twit a, uh, an opinion or accusation so quickly there where thousands can get on board. And uh, what happens these days is when there's a major failure, it's like uh, the opinions of man is like swarms of bees. They will hover over that person and sting him as much as they can to keep him in that place because they, you know, we think they deserve it. And nobody deserves it. Even the Lord doesn't want you to have to reap those things, but because he has put righteousness and justice as the throne, that's the foundation of his throne, it's the foundation of how everything is held up, that he, he, really is uh, saddened by the things that we have to walk through, by the things that we have to read. But he wants to walk with us through it. And he can actually help you walk through it. If we call on his name and really get real and learn from our failures and get back up and start walking with him again. 
and uh, there's a there's a uh, nice little story in here with uh, with David when David you know killed Uriah's uh, killed Uriah you know and ended up uh, being uh, getting with Beersheba everybody knows this you know they're out to war he sends somebody out and they, they he tells them to put Uriah in the front lines so that he can basically get killed and he could get Beersheba. Can you imagine if we if we did this today, we would have never let David back on the throne. We probably would have killed him, and I'm sure they probably wanted to. But uh, David, you know, later on after he does all of this and he pleads with God after he gets caught, uh, he has to reap what he sowed. He he sowed death. Now he has to reap death. And uh, Beersheba ends up having a child. And the child gets struck with sickness. And it says God struck that, that, uh, the baby. But it wasn't like, a, like God, we would think, like he's an evil person. It was this, the, all righteousness and justice is God. And so when David uh, sowed death, then he reaped death. And so the things, of, uh, the things that we do actually releases things upon our life so that we can either be blessed or we can actually get into a place of judgment. We can either reap the things of righteousness or we can reap the things of justice. Either one is trying to help us get back on track and walking with the Lord. But David, he's on the ground. Uh, this is in 2 Samuel 12. And... Uh, says David therefore pleaded with God for the child and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some. He may do some harm. And when David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was de dead. And therefore, David said to his servants, "Is the child dead?" And they said, "He is dead." Now watch this. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Think about that. There, can you imagine watching this? Can you imagine being the servants, watching David get up. He goes and takes a shower. He goes and washes himself off. Then he walks into the temple and starts worshiping the Lord again. I would have said, man, that's a heretic. He's a hypocrite. I can't believe that. You deserve, you know. You know, he, he learned from his failure. He learned a great failure. And see, there's a lot of us that fail out there. And uh, we call some of us, some of them are little failures. But what about the guys and girls that fail big time? What about the ones that we call that do a big sin? Are they just as bad? Is their, is their sin and their failures as bad as the one that's doing road rage? 
those that are out there that are cursing people when they, you know, uh, pull out in front of you, or sin is sin to sin, absolutely. But he learned that what he did created death. He took a life, and life was taken from him. He had to actually bear that. He asked God to even judge him. He knew that he was going to have to actually bear this thing. And now that doesn't mean that it was over. He still probably had to bear it in his mind. I, I've made some major mistakes in my life and I knew the Lord had forgiven me, but you still have to actually live with it at times until that, that you know, reaping is over. And at this point, he knows it's over. I mean, at this point, you know, there's a child sick and he's fasting and he's praying and they, I mean, there's death in the air and, uh, David gets up, changes his clothes, went into worship. And this says, then he went to his own house. And when he requested that, uh, they set food before him and he ate, then his servant said to him, what is this that he, you've done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. In other words, you deserve, why are you doing this? You deserve to keep not eating food. They were astonished. There's something here that we've got to learn. We've got to learn to reap our stuff, learn to reap it rightly with the Lord, because he was before the Lord. You got to look here. He was before the Lord. And uh, when he was before the Lord going through this reaping, after he was done, he gets up. What's going on? He's before the Lord. The Lord's walking him through it. It's hurting him. He's, he's crushed by what he's done because I'm sure he's having to remember what he's done because that sin is now just overtaking him. But he's still hanging on to the Lord. And then the child dies and he gets up. Somewhere there in there, the Lord said, now it's time to get up because he was with the Lord. See, in other words, you can still hear God while you're reaping your stuff if you choose to walk through it with him. That's the main thing. You know, and a lot of people blame a lot of our failures on Satan. I don't believe that we're all of our failures, all of our sins about Satan. A lot of our sins and our stuff are our own desires. God's not, God doesn't tempt man, but man is drawn away and enticed by his own desires. So Satan may come and put something out there in front of you, but a fleshly desire that is sinful, that is in you, actually has to take that bait within, and then you do the outward sin. A lot of the stuff that happens out here tries to get you to decide something in here. And uh, evidently David took the bait in here. He desired Bathsheba to a point to where he chose to actually kill a man so that he could be with her. Now watch this. They're saying, you arose and ate food. And he said, while the child, he says this, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, 
but he shall not return to me. Then David uh, comforted Beersheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. And then she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loves Solomon. Interesting, isn't it? Could it be that even though there, there's detrimental things that happen in our life, there are things that we uh, allow our own desires to entice us to conceive sin, we go after things, and then when we conceive that sin and we give birth to death, we give birth to sin which creates death, and we see that what we've done is, is dramatically wrong, could we, if we walked it out with God, or and let's say, let's put God in a man suit, or if someone came in our life to help you walk it out and got you to the place to where you're openly, you know, just like David, everybody knows what's going on, everybody knows his stuff, you know, and I'm sure everybody in the kingdom had opinions. But could it be that if we openly walk this stuff out with the Lord or with a person that the Lord's put in our life that in the end after we've reaped it and we've walked it out and held on could it be that out of that we could birth redemption oh could we birth something that's even greater than us by hanging on to the Lord through the reaping of our own sins because the next thing that happens is God births a Solomon. And it says God loved Solomon. And it says, and he sent, sent word by the hand of Nathan, the, the prophet. So he called his name Judea because of the Lord. Man, I'm gonna tell you, there's something wonderful about, about failures. And in this world, you fail, you get destroyed. But in God's world, you fail, he wants to raise you up. That's the, that's the difference between God and man. And there are people out there, there are men and women out there that see when people fail, they see the potential of them getting back up and what they could do. Because I don't know about you, but I would, I would trust someone that has failed many times but gotten back up and learned from their failures. I'd trust them more than I would somebody that's never failed. Because they've been through it. They know what it's like. They have more compassion because they've, they've been there. And that's the way it was with God throughout his whole Bible. You look at Jesus' life and you look at the cross. If you were truly there, if we were truly there, we would think he failed. He became sin. Can't believe this. Why did he even walk the earth in? Because it's somewhere in failures, there's redemption. If you're hanging on to the Lord. But some of us get into such a place of failure that we listen to the voice of, of, the, of the sin more than we do the voice of the Lord at that time. Because that's when the Lord really wants to be with us, wants to be close. Of course, in Galatians 6, we, we all know that whatever a man soweth, he reaps. But you can be, as you're reaping your great failures and, and walking with God, you can be sowing into your future 
by hanging on to him and doing what he has he tells you to do while you're reaping and so right after you reap your 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 failures you've already sown things in, with the lord ahead of time and once this ends once that harvest ends of your reaping of your failure or the sin or the things that you've done a harvest starts to come in of those things that you've reaped with God while walking through the things that you've reaped. It works. I'm telling you, it's, it works. And, uh, one of the things I, I, I did, I learned through a lot of our failures still, still do this today. You know, there's a scripture, uh, it says, uh, it says Matthew five, Verse 20, let's say 23. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. In other words, when you start heading toward your goal, this is, I know this is talking about even coming to the altar of God, uh, but there's, there's so many things that you can apply this to, but there's, there's a lot of things in my life where I'm headed toward my goal. I'm headed to success, but I keep hitting a wall. I'm almost there and I keep hitting a wall. And I've asked the Lord after I've hit this wall, I'm, I'm first blaming on Satan. Then I first blaming on this. I'm blaming on warfare, but then I, I finally got, I finally got a little bit, you know, uh, smart. And I, I asked the Lord, uh, what is this wall? And he says, it's something that you haven't handled in the past. And so I'll ask him, Lord, what is it? And he, he would tell me, and then I'll go back and handle it. And when I, once I went back and handled it, then I was able to go freely to that place where God had actually called me to. But a lot of us don't do that. And I know there are things that God does let go of. There are things that he doesn't allow us to. Man, can you imagine if he, if he really made us pay for everything? That would be rough. But there are certain things in our life that actually can help us propel us into life with Christ. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of us out there, we've had a lot of failures. We've had things that we've pushed aside you know, and have never dealt with it before. But yet it's still in your consciousness. It says, and you remember. In other words, there's something in your mind that you that keeps hounding you that you probably need to take care of. Because if you get to that place of success or that place of height, even with the Lord, that'll be a place where the enemy can come and grab a hold of that thing and hook you and cause you to fall. So there's a, as we go in life, there are things that we've got to handle between us and the Lord and with one another. So we got to get real. And, uh, man, I remember one time I, when I took over my first church, I was, I didn't know this, but, uh, the rule was to not take offerings, uh, for certain things. And, uh, I got manipulated in taking a, a an offering for the, uh, for this certain thing. And uh, after I took the offering, one of the, the staff members came up and said, hey, do you know the rule is don't take up an offering? And uh, 
uh, for these types of things. And I went, oh my gosh, you know. And man, from then on, man, I, I don't know if you've ever made a mistake like that, but my gosh, I started just, um, my breath started, I started feeling like I was losing my breath. And I, I got heated. My, I felt like my toenails were curling up. And, uh, and I thought, I am going to get such in trouble. And the thing about it is I think we ended up taking up $8,000 and uh, for that uh, certain situation. And so I immediately called up, the, uh, called up the, the leader that was over the ministry. And I said, listen, and I was very, you know, just nervous. I said, I've got to tell you something. I took up an offering for this and I didn't realize I was, I, we weren't supposed to, you know, and I just came clean and just threw it out. It was just blabbed it out because I, it was a lot of, it was a lot of money. And, uh, the person got quiet on the other end and he said, I forgive you. And he said, and I'll forgive you again. And I'll forgive you after that because you got to learn from your mistakes. Just learn from it and move on. Don't let people manipulate you into doing things that you know you're not supposed to do. If you if you have a question, uh, just call me and let me know. I'll I'll be able to talk. I'll be able to talk it out with you. I said I appreciate that. I'm I'm very sorry. He goes, no problem, no problem, buddy. And we hung up the phone. And man, I felt like there was a weight lifted off of me. But can you imagine if I? held that in and try to cover it up. I would, I would be actually sowing more manipulation into the situation than it be freedom. Man, I knew I just need to come forward and say, Hey, this is it. I, I, I've made a great mistake. And that's the way I did even in, uh, when I was living two lives and, and living the wrong way when I was playing golf. I had to come straight forward and just reap what I sowed, but hang on to the Lord. And when, if I lost something like David did, if I lost my life, if I lost my family, if I lost my, all of the things that I have built and all the things that are around me, it was, it was worth it because I had my life back. My life was with the Lord, not with the things that are around me. Because everybody is going to have to stand before the Lord and answer for everything that we've done. Everything that we've walked through. It's not your wife, not your husband, it's not your kids, not the, the people that are around you. We're all going to have to answer. And it's about our life with God first. So that we can live a clean life. There are things that we're all still working on. There are things that we make mistakes in. There are things that we go back and try that little thing again that's that's we know that's wrong then we come back and you know we say we're sorry lord and you get right again you may do it again but you got to get back up and you got to start walking out again you got to start hanging on to the lord and trying to walk in righteousness with him by being led by the spirit but uh but we can do this and man there's no telling me people out there that are hiding things that they don't feel like if man if they come forward they'll lose their wife they'll lose their ministry but here's the thing who cares it's not about it's not about those things it's about your life do you want your life in in in, in eternal darkness or do you want it in in in, in eternal light 
It's not about the things you have on this earth. It's about the things that you're going to have in the heavens or you're going to have in darkness. But I, we've got to try to keep sowing those things that are light instead of darkness so that we can keep reaping light instead of darkness. And even when we've sowed things in darkness, man, get back up. Allow God to walk you through it. Be open, you know, to whatever it is with the Lord and start sowing those things in light. Start sowing those things of righteousness in your life so that you can reap those things of righteousness. So just hang on to the Lord. There are so many folks out there that are, man, we get so many calls and, and it's, it's hard because there's a lot of people out there that feel like nobody will help them. You know, I'm in too much sin. Nobody's going to help me. And if I do this, if I get open, you know, everything's going to fall, you know, to my right and left. I'm going to lose everything. Here's the answer. Good. Because those things have kept you in a place of darkness. Let it fall. Let it fall. Just come forward and start walking with the Lord. It's not worth trying to keep it. It's not worth trying to keep your reputation. It's just not worth it. I'd much rather have a bad reputation here on the earth and have a great reputation in heaven. And uh, it doesn't matter what opinions of man says. What really matters is the, the thoughts of God and what he says about us. That's the main thing. So, man, I hope that helps. Um, because, man, you know, we, you can look at the internet and there are so many negative things that are in the air now. Whether it be political, racial, uh, spiritual, uh, we, ha we have the exact, thing, the exact same things that we see going on in uh, the United States, in the, uh, even in the, just take one, the political realm, the racial, racial realm. Well, that same spirit works in has been working in the church the same way. And uh, we've got to destroy it. And uh, one of the ways of destroying this thing is us walking in righteousness, helping people up when they're fallen, helping people up when, they're, when they've done a, a, what we would call a bad sin. You know, I've, I've met men in my life where we've taken, you know, leaders in that have failed and we get hit for taking them in as though we've got to re need to reject them. I can't believe y'all are trying to restore this guy. You know, he's a heretic. He's a this, and we take the hit for it. But we knew that we were going to pay a price for actually helping this person out of the ditch. We were going to be considered sinful as much as the person that we're trying to help being that was in sin. And, uh, but you, you know, you count the cost and, uh, I would much rather be known by the Lord than to be known by men. And that is the truth. It doesn't matter about being known by men. What matters? Are you known by God? Does he know you? 
Are you and him having communion with each other? Cornelia, are you, are you loving one another? Are you giving him room to uh, come in and have relationship in every area of your life? Does he know you in every area or there are, are there areas you won't let him in? And if those, any area that we're not letting God in is the area we're letting the enemy in. And man, we have got to get right. We have got to get right. I'm working on my stuff too. I think we all are. And we have got to get this right. There are major mistakes that I'll probably make in the, in the future. I'm not afraid of it. You gotta get back up and go after it. You gotta go after, keep going after the Lord. I'm gonna make mistakes because of my flesh. I will make mistakes because of my flesh. If I, if I walk around scared to make a mistake, I'm gonna make mistakes. It's just part of that fear. That it's a double-edged sword. But there is a double-edged sword called the Word of God. If I hang on by Him, He will cut it all away as I walk with Him. I may make mistakes, but that double-edged sword of His cuts right through it. And then He will replace that area with Him. That stronghold that causes me to trip up. If I'll come before the Lord and walk it out with Him and reap what I've sown in that area of that stronghold and walk it out with the Lord, that stronghold would be a seat for God to be the stronghold instead of that area of the flesh being the stronghold. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I hope this helps guys and I, I appreciate you guys uh, you know, tuning in and, and watching this stuff and I hope what we're sharing is helping. Uh, one thing I do want to say is, you know, we were talking last night, I'd forgotten uh, we're still dealing, going over to Africa for, uh, we have a youth uh, conference where we pay for all these kids to come together. They're, they're Muslims, uh, Hindus, uh, Christians, you name it. And we pick up all these kids that really can't, they can't afford much less bread. They can't afford anything to do anything in their life. And so we'll rent vans and all kinds of stuff and, and, uh, pay their way uh, and sponsor kids and, and we pay for the whole event for them to come. And we have so many kids come to the Lord. And then when the kids come to the Lord, the parents come to the Lord and uh, we need your help in it. You know, we don't ask for much help, but uh, we've got a team going over there uh, to minister to these guys. We've got a, you know, a building that we've got to finish over there. We need about eight grand, uh, $8,000 to finish the building. And uh, we're trying to raise the money to finish that building. Uh, we'd appreciate if you help us because this will be a place where uh, a lot of kids from the hood, it's in the worst area and, and I love that. Uh, but we would have a place where all the kids can come. And if it's only taking eight grand to finish it, I'm sure all of us could, you know, finish it. But, uh, if you, if you have the heart to help us, uh, and you feel like you've been fed by the ministry and we'd ask that you'd help us as well. But, uh, if you don't, we're still going to get it done. Um, don't feel guilty about it, but, uh, if you are being fed, <clears throat> help us, help us if you can. 
we've got a team going over there and we need to send them as well. And these are people that uh, some of them can't afford to go as well. And, you know, we're pitching in and, and sending some of them, you know. It's just part of it. So uh, help us. <laughs> if you have the money, send it. If you feel like you have the heart, you know, help us and send it. You can get on our website at livingvineministries.org and uh, press the donate button and, and, and help us there. And it'll all go toward our Africa trip in October. It's going to be in October. All right, guys. We love you. Uh, keep praying for us. We're almost finished with the, the website to start doing these private uh, webinars. Uh, we won't be doing the, the Facebook live stuff. We're going to have uh, uh, webinars that are going to be private where everybody can sign on. And there will be questions asked and all types of stuff. It's going to be great. But we're going to still do the God stories, but uh, it's going to be in a different form. It's going to help us. It's going to help you. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you so much for your love toward us. And keep praying for us as we pray for you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.